all going through something, you know, be it our mental issues, you know, physically, financially, relationship-wise, um, people, you know, who, who, you know, anything, you know, we're all struggling with something. And so why not, you know, be kind to one another and show passion, empathy, and sympathy, you know, for somebody that's walking past you instead of passing judgment based on how they look. That was from my conversation exploring the walk of life with a delightful lady from Houston, Texas, who is known in the public space as Different. Different has one of the most inspiring stories I've heard. Just as she became an adolescent, she found herself facing homelessness and living in the foster system. Determined to save herself, Different made the most of her circumstance and earned a master's degree, became the founder of Third Eye Entertainment, and has published the book What If? A Controversial Paradigm Shift which seeks to challenge readers' comfort zones in order to help them see a different perspective. Different is strong and brave, but she is also warm and kind, and I just love the opportunity to chat with her. As always, thank you to Misha Zarens for the music in today's show. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Different, how are you doing this evening? Very well, Walk. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, really excited to have you here. Different. You have a, a really a fascinating personal story um, that you know you, you had a, a really challenging childhood mm-hmm. that you have since overcame to go on to achieve great things in education. You've got a master's degree, a bachelor's degree. I guess obviously is a prerequisite for the masters. Uh, <laughs> you're a real estate agent. You're an entrepreneur, and 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 now you've you've got a, a new book coming out, um, and that book is "What If: A Controversial Paradigm Shift," uh, and your company is Third Eye Entertainment. Um, I got to be honest; I was looking over your stuff, and there's a lot of directions I want to go. And I know we want to talk about the book, and we've got somewhat limited time, so we'll we'll, we'll be sure to get to that quickly. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, you know, really the very first thing that jumped out to me is your company name of Third Eye Entertainment. Um, <laughs> That's a that's a, a concept an idea that I really like, but I'm a huge fan of the band Tool. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with them or not, but they they have a song called Third Eye. In fact, um, but how did you arrive at that name for your company, and what does what does Third Eye mean to different? So for me, um, Third Eye comes from I guess being spiritually in tune. I have to take it back to um, <laughs> it's backwards the way it started. Um, um, so the way that the book came about. It's when I got my mental health in check. And the reason why I got my mental health in check, as you stated before, my upbringing was pretty tough. Um, around the age of 11, I ended up homeless uh, with my family and around 14, ended up in foster care and um, was secretly placed there by a relative. And for the first six months, I tried my hardest to come home. However, I found out that the state of Texas, which is where I'm from, I'm from Houston, they would pay for your tuition if you aged out of care. And so right then and there, I decided to stay um, in CPS. And once I aged out, you know, I went through what I went through at Sam Houston State University, got my degree. But however, <clears throat> with all those notches and accomplishments under my belt and even traveling all over the world, I was still, you know, a broken person on the inside. And it, was, it wasn't until, you know, there was an issue that I came about and I had to face the ugly truth that I needed to go and fix my inner issues. Whatever I went through as a child, <clears throat> it wasn't my fault. It was out of my control. But somehow, some way, as an adult, it's on me to deal with. And that's 
what everybody needs to understand, you know, when it comes to facing the ugly truth within ourselves. Whatever we went through, what we're going through, it may or may not be our fault. It may or may not be in our control, but it's on us to deal with. It. So for me, I said, you know, bump that. I'm going to go fix my issues and go get help and, and dismiss that notion that, you know, Black people don't do therapy. And so in talking about my issues and working with my therapist and being serious about it and, um, and, and him talking with me and helping me turn a negative into a positive, he encouraged me to get back into one of my uh, hobbies, which was writing. And so um, writing one day, being stuck in the house for the pandemic, and boom, May 25th, 2020 happens, the day George Floyd died. Um, so there, you know, him being for Third Ward, the neighborhood that's right next to my fifth ward, he's from Third Ward, he's in Texas. And um, I wanted to get involved and have my voice being heard during the protest and even go to his funeral. I even wanted my nephew to, you know, be involved as well. However, when it came down to it, I couldn't. Um, I wanted my voice to be heard within that longer than just in that moment of time, you know, Walker. I wanted it to be, you know, heard even after I'm gone. So being spiritually in tune, going home and talking with God and asking him, praying, you know, what is it that I can do to, you know, have my voice heard and leave my mark here in the world and something that's going to, you know, impact the world and make them think. It's not going to be just a one hit one. It's something that's going to be here, you know, long after I'm gone. And so this is what he would show me, you know, send me little premonitions here and there, you know, the dreams, talking with people, watching movies. And then one day I'm just doodling, you know, what if, what if this, you know, what if George Floyd was a white man? The police officer was a black man. And so day by day, you know, little by little, and by the time, you know, December 2020 came around, I was finished with the written part of the manuscript and I showed it to my attorney and she read over it and, you know, she praised it and thought it was, and said it was going to do pretty well and asked me the question, what's the name of your company? And I'm like, huh, what? And, you know, that's just one thing about life, Walker. You know, when you think you know something, it comes through and whoop. Reminds you, you know, you don't know shit. <laughs> Knocks you off your high horse. And so that's why, you know, it's always good to keep learning, keep growing, and, and just keep living. Don't don't think you're too, wherever you've accomplished, even if you got a, you know, PhD, you, you can still learn and apply, you know. And so with that, I had to hit the ground running and learning the ins and outs of, you know, a small business. I plan on having my business real, real estate. And so. I had to learn all the ins and outs of a, a small business, how to run it in Texas. And by March 2021st came about, Third Eye Entertainment was born. And the name came through, you know, again, being spiritually in tune with my third eye and talking, being, you know, having my heart and my mind right and then intertwined with it. And once you do that, you're able to see what's real and what's for you. And once you do that, anything is possible. And so with Third Eye Entertainment, my business is a business that strives to bring social awareness to society through our products and services in which it educates, inspires, and entertains all at once. We do motivational speaking. Uh, I have a travel blog as, as well as a YouTube channel that details for the entertainment side. I'm also an avid traveler. I've been to just about 50 countries just before the pandemic that 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 knocked me off my little <laughs> my fly horse, if you will. Um, that I was in <laughs> before the pandemic happened. And that's actually what fed into my depression, not being able to travel, get out and about. And so um, I had to do something about that. And that's what also turned into the writing of the project as well. Um, but with that, that being said, um, we also have other products. And the first product that we have to offer to the public is my book, What If a Controversial Paradigm Shift. 
Uh, before I go any further, I must state that this book does come with a disclaimer. It is intended for a mature audience only. So if you can't take this type of heat, then don't bring your ass to this kitchen. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if a controversial paradigm shift was written to inform and encourage thought-provoking and constant conversations about systemic racism and injustice in America? And it's done through graphic but provocative illustrations and it details on controversial deaths and events the historical events, excuse me, that have occurred in our time and within the African-American community. The way that I set it up, Walk, is within four main par uh, paradigm shifts, we have historical, political, precedent, and hypothetical. <laughs> Try saying that all four times. Um, <clears throat> so for instance, in historical paradigm, there's a sub-paradigm where I ask the question, what if in 1619, Africans started dealing in illegal slave trading whereas they kidnapped millions of English men, women, and children and brought them on slave ships to America. And so and then you have the illustrations and you'll see, you know, the white slaves in shackles and chains and being beaten, you know, with the whips by the black slave owners, such as, you know, what happened with black in, in America, which is a true thing that happened. Reason why I'm doing this is, again, not only to, you know, simulate you know, thought-provoking conversations. And the reason why I've chosen the controversial route uh, for some of those who, who ask is for one, people love controversy. I've noticed that. <laughs> Anything that's controversy, they run to it. So controversy is an attention grabber, if you will. So if, if controversy is a tool that I have to use to get people's attention to make them think, then so be it. Second of all, the way that I have set this book up is that the questions don't get you, then the illustrations will. And of course, we want people to share their opinions about this. So of course, this book is going to rub some people the wrong way. Now, again, I must say that it's, not, it's intended for a mature audience only. This book was written to, again, encourage and stimulate thought-provoking conversations. It is not used or meant to be used or in any such way, manner, or form to be seen as some type of tool or propaganda to be, you know, uh, uh, to encourage, you know, the black community uh, to uprise against the white folks to put any type of uh, animosity or anything. It's not meant for that. It's simply meant to make those, you know, who, who like to turn a blind eye to these type of issues and push it under the rug. And those who love to say, oh, racism doesn't exist. Well, I don't see it. Or if it's alive, it's because you guys keep talking about it. So for those people out there who, who refuse to see it and don't want to see it, how about this? How about we take the roles and we reverse it? How about we flip the script and put the mirror to your face and show you how it feels and what we feel, and what we've been going through, what we're still going through? And if it's not okay to, you know, see an illustration of a white person being lynched and in the tree, then why is it okay or justified when these type of issues occur in the black community? That is how you can sure. racism is still alive, kicking. With that being said. Yeah. Although these these illustrations are set up in a gritty and grimy manner, the main gist of it, if people can who are mature enough to make it through the first three paradigms, if they can make it to hypothetical paradigms, that is where I, I tie it all in. That's where I talk about the main points of of of, of the book. What if? It's to you know spread the what if question about it. What if we came to the round table and talked about unity, compassion for one another? What if we took accountability and acknowledged that, you know, these certain issues are still alive and well and need to be worked on? 
And so when you, if those who, who go out and buy the book, which is available, um, and they, they read it yeah, all the way through and they can make it to hypothetical, then you'll see the point that I'm trying to make about empathy and compassion for one another and for mankind. Um, because we're all going through something, you know, be it our mental issues, you know, physically, financially, relationship-wise, um, people, you know, who, who, you know, anything, we're all struggling with something. And so why not, you know, be kind to one another and show passion, empathy, and sympathy, you know, for somebody that's walking past you instead of passing judgment based on how they look. And so that's all, all in all, that's basically what this book is, you know, saying, you know, what if? It's just a simple question. And again, I'm well aware a lot of people are not going to like what I have to say, but so be it. One thing I've learned as in life is you go where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it. No matter who you are, what you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what, what you're out there promoting to the world, there's always going to be somebody out there to condone what you do. And those, those people who are condoning it, you stay with those people. You stick around. You don't worry about the ones that, that, that you know, are down and you're hating on them. And so, again, you go where you celebrate it and not where you tolerate it. And not to mention, you know, with this book, I've done my homework. Um, I've included references to support my arguments. Again, um, nothing in the book that I'm, I'm stating is, is, is non-fact. Non These are actual events and, and, and deaths that have occurred, again, in America, within the African-American community. And so I've included references to each one of my paradigms. So at the end of the book, if anybody wants to go and do their homework on their own, they, they have no a, a leeway to do so. Uh, as well as, again, the book does come with a disclaimer. I'll show you here. This is what it looks like. <laughs> you just can't see it, but you can. <laughs> so, right, uh, right, you know, right. the rudimentary form uh, is I keep it, I keep the questions short to keep your attention. I keep the illustrations to keep you, you know, entertained. Again, mm -hmm. with the entertainment, we strive to, you know, educate, inspire, and motivate all at once you know, with our products and services. And so with what if we're not, it's not just meant to piss you off, it's meant to make you think, although it will piss some people off, that's okay. Cause you know, whether people are talking good or bad about it, the main point is to keep them talking. Sure. Well, let me jump in here for a second. Cause there's, there's definitely a lot to unpack in, in your explanation. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. No, this there's a lot. There's a lot to, to cover, and, and that's a, that's all really good information. And honestly, I, I want to jump back to one of the first things that you brought up, and I think it's relevant though to the the larger conversation that you're you're pursuing with your your book. And that's when you were talking about with your own um, journey with mental health and how you know you've you've accomplished a lot of things, and you get to a point where, despite those accomplishments, and despite that you've you've not overcame, but moved past the situation of your childhood, right? You, you've moved past that into, again, finishing college and getting, uh, starting a business and these sorts of things. And the, the comment that you made that really resonated with me was you said, you know, when I was a child, the things that happened weren't my fault, but I still have to deal with them now. Mm -hmm. And and that's a lesson, you know, I've been on this journey of self-improvement or trying to find myself or whatever for a few years now. And, and that's something that jumped out at me a while back. And, and, and that is that there's a difference between blame and responsibility. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times when we have these conversations, those two words get used as if they're synonyms and they're not. 
because you're right. It's not your fault. You can't be blamed for what happened in your childhood. It's not your control. It's not your fault. But as an adult, when you wake up in the morning, you, you that's stuck on your mind, or you go to sleep at night and it's eating away with you, that's on you to deal with. I had to face that. Yep. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but what was eating that way at me is the fact that that person that hurt me had moved on with their life. They wasn't worried about me. They moved on to their next victim, you know, and here I am mm-hmm. still dealing with the pain. So I had to accept the fact that don't expect any type of mess from that person. It's on me to mend my broken heart. Don't expect for somebody out there, even as an adult, not even dealing with your childhood. When you, you come through things as an adult, when you go through these relationships and people have done you wrong or dirty, don't expect for them to fix that situation. They've already moved on to their next victim. And so it's on you to mend that broken heart. Be it you, you going to get, you know, a, a, a professional help, are you talking with the family or friend or picking up a hobby? It's on you to take back your power and free yourself from that mental bondage. And if you, and, and also let me tell you this, Walt, know this, it's not your fault. It was out of your control, but somehow, some way it's your problem. That's a true statement, but it's also very true that even if it is your fault, even if it is, if it was in your control and if it's your problem and you know that it's your problem and you need to fix it and you don't, then it is your fault and it is your problem and it's on you. It's a lot of people out there and I was one of those for the longest who knew I had a problem and needed to go fix it and didn't want to. And so it was on me, you know, dealing with that stuff and that mental anguish, you know, waking up and knowing that I need to go and fix that issue. But I was just too stubborn to go. I was too complacent. I wasn't, you know, used to moving on. I was scared to move on. And so I held on to that for the longest. But when I got tired of it, I, I let go. I said, F it, you know, it, it, I'm, it's time. And once I did that, my whole life changed. And in, in a matter of speaking, right. you know, for the better, as far as from the inside out, because I've been to, I've been all over the world and I've been to beautiful countries and it, it's been times where I'm sitting in beautiful hotels, sleeping in soft pillow cushions bed and I'm, I'm bawling like a baby because I'm just not happy. So I'm here to tell you, you know, money and materialistic things does not buy happiness. It's, it's happiness within waking up, knowing that you have peace of mind and clarity. You're able to look at yourself and smile at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. You find sexy motherfucker, you. You know, you have to tell yourself <laughs> that. You get your yeah. confidence back and you just love you no matter who loves you, who doesn't love you. Oh, well, you love you. There's such a, a, a it comes always like a tingling feeling, you know. Well, I'm telling you, if you haven't felt that feeling, it's going to come if you just Manifest, plan, and prepare. That's our motto here at Third Eye Entity. Manifest, plan, prepare for what it is that you want in life, and it will come to you. One step when manifesting, you have to speak it into existence like no other. You have to believe it before you can receive it. Sometimes they say, fake it till you make it. Do that shit. You know, get it out on paper. Start writing affirmations. Start sitting in your mind. Start just speaking it throughout the day. Secondly, when you plan for things, when you write things out on paper, plan for the good, the bad, the ugly, have your backup plan, have your exit plan, have all those plans, plans to accept the unknown and know that you can't prepare for the unknown, but you can accept that the unknown is going to come to you and, and just know that deal whatever, whatever the unknown is and know that it'll be okay. Once you have done the planning part, move on to the preparation. When I say prepare, that means prepare from within, side and out. So go fix your mental issues, 
go fix your financial issues, go get help physical-wise, uh, go cut those people off who mean you know well in your life, go mend those broken bridges, go do all of that. So when you, whenever, whatever it is that you manifested, whenever it comes to you, you can be prepared for it when it comes so you know how to handle it and you won't squander it or you won't, you know, won't know how to handle that blessing when it comes to you. So manifest, excuse me, manifest, plan, and prepare for what it is that you want in life, and it will surely come to you. And that's that's just what it is at Third IET and in different world. So come and learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and, and that's, you know, the thing is, you know, what you were just describing, I agree with, with all of that. And, and the thing for me is that when I used to hear people talk about this, this sense of, or this idea of it's your responsibility to solve your problems, even if you didn't create them. Mm-hmm. I always took that or interpreted that to be like a, and I don't really know the right word, but like a moral or an ethical or a just thing, right? Like it's fair for you to own your stuff. I'm sorry. It's an ugly truth thing. It's, it's that ugly truth. It's the Pandora's box. It's the things that we don't want to accept, but need to accept. You really can't put a name on it, honestly. It's just the ugly truth. Well, it, 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 yeah, well, and you're, you're absolutely right. And that's what I was going to say is that it, w- what came to me in the last couple of years is that it's not, I mean, certainly it could be fair or just or ethical or moral or whatever, but beyond that, it, it's just the way that it is. Like it, it doesn't matter how much a, one person wants to save another, like at the end of the day, you have to save yourself. Right. And that doesn't mean that you don't get help or seek therapy. Like you did in your case. I've also, gone to therapists, have had psychologists on this show, huge promoter of, of mental health and, and seeking therapy. We are but too. My, yeah. And that's it. Well, and it, thank you. And it should be racist and talking about it with third eye entertainment. I'm sorry to cut you off, but with us, no. we talk about our issues. Like I said, we try to bring social awareness. So I, we talk about issues that are often swept under the rug, for instance, injustice, systemic racism, but we definitely talk about mental health. Uh, as well as suicide prevention. We just did a segment last month, September, with Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So we just did a segment on that. And I did, doing my research with that, I've learned that suicide stems from mental health issues. And so mm. if we mental health issues, then we can put a stop to suicide. Yeah, well, and where I think that this this point that, that we've made about your individual experience and your individual life actually translates directly over to this conversation that your book is is again pursuing about systemic racism at large. And the reason I say that is because, so for example, you know, I'm a white person. Am I personally responsible for slavery or something, right? Am I to blame for that? No, no because I wasn't around. However, the ramifications and the outcomes of that, of slavery, and, and not just slavery, but Jim Crow and a, a lot of a variety of, of systemic racist things, unfortunately, that have existed in America are still having effects today. And so even though it's not something I'm personally that I chose to happen because I'm a member of this current society, it is part of, I am part of the, the, the responsible party for fixing it. Because again, to our conversation, it doesn't matter if it's your fault, if the, if the problem is on your doorstep. It's your responsibility to fix it. And I think that that's a point that people get lost on a lot, especially, you know, candidly white people, because they will say things like, well, I wasn't, you know, I didn't participate in those things. And it's like, yeah, that's not really the point. <laughs> the point you know, is we the have some. Thing they say now, the new thing that's out now is um, how can racism still be alive if you all have your own businesses now? 
You all are doing all well. We see all the super. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's only a, a pitch of us. That's still not all of us. As well as racism is not based. On, it, it, well, I would say a part of our our racial hardship that we face has has affected our economic growth. That's very true. But yes, the defense of racism you cannot equate that as far as our economic status now. As far as when you're walking down the street and somebody of a different uh, of a white person uh, is walking down the street who doesn't know that person, but he he or she they look you know a little dangerous. They got tattoos on them, and so here you are. You don't know them. You haven't said a word to them, but as soon as you walk past them, you're clutching on your purse or you're grabbing on your phone or you automatically making an assumption oh they're going to rob you. They're going to do something to you. That right there, it it you, it may it's, it's racism without it being unbeknownst to you, subconsciously, it's racism. It's something that's, you know, I don't want to say it's what, what's been, you know, embedded in those, because you're, you're clearly not a racist person. So I don't want people out there that's, that's white and listening to this and, and thinking that I'm labeling all white people as racist. No, what I'm saying is racism has been embedded in the white culture so bad to where it, it's just, you know, when you, you come up, it, it can even be unknown to you. People don't even have to say that it's racism. It's just the way that they've been brought up. You know, you walking past somebody and you make it, or you see, you know, you're, so for instance, I'm not saying this happened to you, but just to give an example, you're a little boy and you were walking with the grandma one day or you guys were in the grocery store and you guys were shopping and another, you know, family walked by and they just so happened to be a black family. And your grandmother and you are walking by and your grandmother automatically, she clutches in front of you to her and holds you close while they walk past. You don't know what's going on, what happened, and but you just know as soon as the black people pass, she grabbed you tightly and it, she, it was danger. And so she didn't have to say anything. She didn't tell you what was wrong, what was going on. Automatically, you saw that, you know, a black person was walking past and there was danger. Your grandmother grabs you to protect you. And so all while you grow up, and now you're an adult and now you're walking down the street and you see somebody of a different color and you know they they look dangerous and here you are because of what you've been taught as a child you know what your grandmother has has shown to you not what she you know unbeknownst told you but what she showed you unbeknownst teaching you that you know when you see a black person that who looks dangerous you know you clutch yourself you, you protect your your belongings and unbeknownst to you in general you don't know that that that's coming off as racist. But to you, it's just nature. It's, it's what you've been taught is second nature to you. It's not racist to you. It's just what you've been taught as a child. See what I mean? Right. So we try with Third Eye Entertainment, with this book, we're trying to do in some of the, the specific events that we have picked for this book, we, we've taken the script and flipped it so that we can show you or help or attempt, if you will, to show you, you know, what it is, how we are feeling in that situation and in that time. And if it upsets you, if it makes you mad, then that's the point. That's how we feel. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's really powerful. Um and I, I think it's really, I think it's really great that you've created this book and that you're asking these questions and challenging people to to challenge their own ideas and to um, to explore something that might be uncomfortable uh, for the hope of a better a better outcome and a better future, uh, which I think is is, is really beautiful. Um, mm. Well, different. I know that you um, have a, a limited amount of time tonight, so I don't mean to keep you all evening again. 
your book is called What If a Controversial Paradigm Shift? The website is differenceworld.net, and I will have links in the show notes to your website, to your social media accounts. Um, is there anywhere else or any other way that you would like to direct listeners to, to connect with you? Um, yeah, you can go to my, oh, well, I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, but you can definitely go to my website, differenceworld.net. Again, my name is spelled D-I-F-E-R-N-T. Um, you go there, the book is available. You can get that. Um, you, as well as I do, again, motivational speaking. So any of you out there listening would like to have me on your show or, you know, just to have a grassroots conversations about any topic, you know, you'd like to have. It doesn't have to be just about racism. We talk about it all here at Third Eye ENT. And so go to my website. You can book me. Um, all of our social media taglines is there. Go to the Contact Us page. I want to take this moment in time to thank you, Walk, for having, having me on the Walk show. I truly appreciate it. Texas Walker Ranger. Okay, there I said it. I said I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> well, you're from Texas, so you kind of have to, right? I do it, but I say, you know what, YOLO. <laughs> but thank uh, you, I thank love you, it. Thank you so much for having me and being willing to have this conversation with me. This is exactly what I'm pushing for for black and white, and not just with black and white. Again, let me just say again. With this book, it's not just about black and white. I have something for everybody here, you know, even the LGBTQ community, uh, Native Americans, Hispanics, Muslims, Asian. This is, is something for everybody in this book. And so I appreciate you, you know, being willing to talk and have these conversations with me. I truly appreciate it. We need more people like you in this world. So stay awesome. Keep doing your thing. I truly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody out there listening and, and much love and respect to anybody out there listening. Remember, whatever you went through in life, it may or may not been your fault, but again, it's on you to get to, to fix it. And so whatever you're going through this in mental anguish, go fix that shit. And then you'll be able to manifest, plan, and prepare for whatever it is in life that you want, and it will surely come to you. Difference well, come and learn. That's awesome. That's very beautiful. Thank you so much, Different. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you have a great evening.
that's all for the show today. Thank you so much to Different for stopping by and sharing her walk of life. I also want to thank Misha Zarens for the music in today's show, and last but not least, thank you listener for listening. I also invite you to check out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a video game podcast where we explore the idea of why gaming matters, or my other show, The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Both of those are available on any podcast app. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.